I'm Zack Snyder. And I'm Aiden Matthews. And welcome back to another YouTube podcast, the one-stop shop for anything and everything related to YouTube. The Esqueda of YouTube Podcasts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> the one and only Esketit of YouTube podcast. You, I don't think there's another YouTube podcast out there that uses the word Esketit as an adjective. And Just as frequently saying. as we use it. Like, it's maybe like once or twice, but we do it like every bad. every other sentence, practically. We've, we've been infected with it. <laughs> it's become part of my regular vernacular. And it, I, I would say it, it would be like super bad, but the thing is, is... Like, I don't go to school anymore, and I, I'm not working a regular job at the end of this week. I'll just be at home, like, doing YouTube and, and freelancing and shit. Um, and so, like, my main friend group is going to be, like, the Discord. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, like, I can use Esqueda as an adjective as much as I want, and it's okay. No societal pressure getting you down. No societal pressure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's, You're free now. You're free. It's uh, it's pretty bad. But anyways, uh, the main topic is this week is going to be all about freelancing and being um, being financially free or something like that. <laughs> Close so, enough to it. <laughs> Close enough to it. If you're a, if you're a YouTuber or if you're a, a wannabe YouTuber, if you want to if you want to do this as a career and you're, you're finding it hard to sustain yourself financially, there are ways to make money outside of YouTube that will uh, allow you to pay your bills until you are able to do a lot of the things that we've talked about in the past uh, as far as making money to make money on YouTube. Can we go with the uh, clickbaity title for this podcast and call it How to Make Money on YouTube? How to Make Money on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, we could. <laughs> we, we definitely could. I, I feel like that would be that would be very much lying though, because this is while this is technically how to do that. How to do in that a, in a sense? In a sense, you won't be making money directly from your own YouTube videos this way. True. Uh, you'll be making money potentially through uh, other people's YouTube videos or doing other things. For other people online. Um, but Zach, think of the yes. SEO. Think of the You're tags. Right. You're right. <laughs> think of the, the click-through rate. <laughs> That's true. But I uh, will get into that. We'll get into that in, in a bit. First. Oh, boy. We have to, we have to get into the, the juice. World-renowned. The world-renowned world renowned segment. <laughs> the one and only. The one and only. <laughs> I do need to bring up part of a comment right quick. Um, I know we're skipping around here, but first, um, I want to go ahead and read this comment. Gengar guy says, Zach full on nuts every time he says my week on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, I think that's. You did last time, though. Like, that's not even lying. He... I think it did. I don't remember exactly what happened, but. It your was... week on YouTube. Trademarked. <laughs> we're here. We're back. We're ready to to talk about how inactive both of us have been this week on YouTube. <laughs> this time, I don't have to start out this week. It's your turn, my guy. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, I I did nothing. Great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we started movie night recordings again for for the movie podcast. Thank God. So that was cool. Um, gaming we, channel has been pretty active. 
We, Game Chat has been active. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're going strong. Week th- we're on week four now. Mm-hmm. And that's been really good. Um, we got like f- almost 50 hours of watch time. It's been very consistent. I'm not going to say they're like great views, but for like just starting out, like it's pretty good. It's just consistent. And that's what we were asking of it. So it's we're cool. what about 25 videos daily, yeah. pretty much. Not all at the same time, because as of recent, we kind of struggled with that. But we're back on track now. At the very least, we have gotten one video out every day, like we promised. So yeah, I think we missed two days uh, as far as like m- missing that upload by like an hour to thirty minutes. Oh, we're at uh, twenty-seven videos. My bad. We're at twenty-seven videos, so almost a month daily. Yeah, uh, which is awesome. That's really cool. And uh, we just finished a four-part series today. Our first finished one. I didn't even realize that. That's cool, it's, actually. And I think we've gotten a comment on every single video, or almost every single video. So You're close to cool. it, yeah. And a lot of our videos have been getting like pretty decent comments, so it's cool. A lot of support sure. there. Thanks to everybody that's been watching it. Um, as far as my own channel, I've been doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, working on that show idea, like I mentioned, uh, figuring out some more logistics. Um, I did realize I, I wanted to make it uh originally i was going to be like here's episode one of your everyday nerd where i'm going to talk about a movie and a video game and maybe a tv show and the way i was structuring it i was like that's not going to work so it's like i'm going to have like a season of a tv show will be one episode and then the next episode will be a video game or a set of video games depending on how long they are and then the next episode will be two to three movies so it will be more um, structured in in the sense that every day we'll have a different piece of media um, from a different uh, medium of media. But I think that's going to make the show show run a little bit better. It'll be easier to easier to handle. We got a lot of hype in the comments actually about that show idea. So I yeah. guess whatever. However so. you pitched it to him, you must have did a pretty good job at it because there yeah, were people like, oh, cool, <laughs> new show. That's a sketch. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's been pretty much it. I've been so busy with client work and life stuff that I haven't really been able to work on any other new videos. But yeah, that's it. At the very least, your client work will come in handy for this episode for the main topic. So <laughs> you most definitely will. It won't be completely pointless. Um, unlike my week on YouTube, which actually was completely pointless. <laughs> uh, shoot. I could literally repeat most of the stuff you said and it would still be accurate. We got started recording movie night again. That was fun. Lines <laughs> on our gaming channel stuff has been going well. Uh, we released the fourth Roblox episode as of 37 minutes ago. We're recording this on Friday to date the episode. Um and that's been going well. We we actually have kind of a cross crossover audience. I feel with uh, the Lions Honor Gaming channel and this channel in particular because Patient and Gengar are usually the the two main commenters. Yeah, and Calfro, uh, Calfro, and, and uh, James, I believe, comments on all the uh, Fire Emblem episodes. Yeah, so that's usually our consistent group. And then I try to watch as many as I can when i have time so <laughs> all that sort of stuff but thank you all seriously um for checking out that channel and giving it a shot 37 subs um 27 videos views on all of them comments on all of them 
wouldn't think we would be able to get a decent Let's Play channel running and active in 2018, but we've somehow managed to do that. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that me, Zach, and Jay did a good job planning and sort of making it to a point where it would actually be sustainable, right? Right. Um, had the planning gone down a completely different road, we would have a lot less than 27 videos and they would not be out on time. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah, and I think so. most of the videos are good, too. Um, a lot of them are I don't are think really all good. of them are, but I think a lot of them are really good. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. Yeah, I appreciate it wholeheartedly. Um, as well as the Twitter and all the other social medias on that. So thanks. Appreciate that. Uh, today in general for me is probably going to be busy just in the fact that I'm going to have to do a lot of stuff today <laughs> to try and get ready to move in to uh, my college dorm. I had mentioned that I was looking for an Epic Gamer roommate in the announcements on my uh, Discord. <laughs> so people have known that I'm moving back into college, but I've never been out in a college dorm before. The past two years of college, I've just been at home and I've driven about 30 minutes because it wasn't that far away. Um, yeah. But this college is a lot farther away, like almost two hours or so. So it wasn't reasonable to drive back and forth every day because I had classes every day. So we're like, yo, we'll just go ahead and let you move in. So we're going to see how that goes. I literally move in tomorrow. I know a couple of the roommates, they're three dudes, each with wacky and funny names. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know how many of them are uh, gamers or how many of them will let me do YouTube. But we're going to find that out. Mm. And all that sort of stuff. But yeah, because Sweet. I have to move in Saturday, I have to do like so much prep work to make that happen. I want to get a YouTube podcast out on time uh, for Sunday. I want to get a movie night done uh, today because we've been behind on recording backup episodes. So we're doing them last minute as always. Uh, I want to be sure there's stuff for the gaming channel that's already pre-recorded. I want to be sure there's something for my channel pre-recorded just so I have like a week of time that first week of school to where I don't have to worry about YouTube anything. So I can right. kind of uh, coax the couple of roommates to be like, hey, I do YouTube and kind of casually bring it up over the week. <laughs> so that by the end of it, I'm back to being productive like I used to. But that first week's going to be rough. I can already tell you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, just in case for the audience, in case like Ada gets too busy, we may or may not have an episode next week. Um, just keep that in mind. Sure. Sure. We should be fine now that we're recording this one for this Sunday, but the Sunday after, who knows? Um, movie night, I don't, we're, we're good on that because we're still batch recording them and the Let's yeah. Play stuff I'll have done for sure. But, you know, just keep in mind, might be a couple of, you know, inactivity moments around here, kind of like this week in general. Uh, so, yeah, that's been my week on YouTube, essentially. Not much else to it as far as that goes. Learned a little bit more about my tripod and how it works. Might have broken a few things. Might have put a few <laughs> things back together. They don't look easy, right? They look easy to, like, manage when you see a YouTuber use one. But, like, actually figuring out what all the knobs and the levers and the parts do, it's a bit of a pain in the ass, actually. Oh, yeah. No, so. it took me, like, a few minutes to kind of really try to figure out how mine worked as well. So I get that. But that's my week on YouTube, everybody. That That's it for me. Hope Sweet. to have a lot more stuff uh, next week while I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That was like our quickest week on YouTube in a long time. One of the quickest, definitely. So that's not too bad. 
Let's just I agree. Let's just get into the main topic then. Main topic. We're gonna talk about how to make money on YouTube. (laughs) Part one. (laughs) No. Part one. I mean, yeah. yeah, This is this is technically I I would say this is a good part one of making YouTube money on YouTube. Um and I'll I'll explain why. Because if you're like me, if you're like Aiden, you're probably somebody that wants to like make YouTube a viable career you want it to you want to do something with it you like making videos enough to where you're trying to be consistent and you're trying to put out videos and you're trying to make money through it so you can pay your bills and not be on the sidewalk eating pot tarts in front of a dumpster right like that's the ideal scenario yes not doing that so you got to make money somehow and we've talked about it before but ad revenue on youtube is not really a viable option anymore. It I think is, that's what most people go to when they're like, oh, how do I make money on YouTube? Oh, through ads on my videos, of course. And like, not only is that really, really hard um, for bigger channels, but ever since YouTube did that 4,000 hours of watch time stuff, it's impossible uh, for smaller channels, at least until you've built up sort of a consistent base for almost a year. So for most people, like you don't even have access to it. That's true. Yeah. You have to have a thousand subscribers. You have to have 4,000 hours of watch time. So yeah, it, it, it is literally impossible from day one to make money on YouTube. So you do have to, you have to work at it. You have to build up some kind of base. So we'll, we'll make another video detailing, you know, other different ways to make money. Uh, specifically on YouTube once we get to the point where we're doing that consistently, right? Um, When we figure out how to get sponsorship deals consistently, then we can fully make a sponsorship deal video. When we figure out um, affiliate deals or affiliate marketing and we use that consistently and we have the audience to make sure that that's able, like we could do affiliate marketing now, but it's not really going to work because we don't have a big audience for it to do a whole lot for us right so there's plenty of ways to make money on youtube but a lot of these ways affiliate marketing sponsorships merchandise you have to have a pre-existing audience before you can kind of really do anything with that i should make clear myself personally that the only way i've ever made money off of YouTube as a whole are two ways in particular, and I'm going to list both of them. Um, one is like Zach mentioned through merch. Uh, setting up a merch store is rather easy, and if you work on your own thumbnails, it's kind of easy to sort of make your own shirt in GIMP or Photoshop or however you do it. Mm-hmm. And then once you set it up on a merch site, you can sell it to people, and you'll generally get a pretty small cut of it because the website that's hosting it also takes a cut. Um Keep in mind that even though I do sell merch and even though I do get some sales, it's not frequent. It does not pay any bills. Most of it (laughs) sits in a uh, PayPal account and I could not quit college and any potential job to just live solely off of that. So I haven't made a ton of money off merch. The other way I've made money off of YouTube is through Patreon. And Patreon is uh, cool in the sense that like you can offer rewards and benefits if you donate to somebody and get all this other sort of stuff. Um, pretty popular among creators and all uh, YouTubers for sort of being able to sustain themselves, especially, especially with AdSense being as crazy as it is. Um, but again, haven't made a lot of money off of it. The only two people that ever, ever, ever gave me money on Patreon 
was Zach, who's in the podcast, <laughs> and uh, Purple. And both of them are now off of it. Haven't made a ton of money through there either. I couldn't quit my job to rely solely on Patreon funds. It's just not a reality that I currently live in. And I can't do the same for AdSense. I can't do the same for sponsorships, affiliate marketing. Because like Zach said, you kind of have to have a pretty big audience to even do that. So I just feel like the reason we should bring up all these little options, at least mentioning them, is to really go to show that like out of everything freelancing makes the most sense, right? Like you may be asking yourself why freelance when I could rely on ads and all that sort of stuff. And chances are you probably can't (laughs) at least not where you're at right now. So, but every situation is different. You know, it depends on where you're at and where you start and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. A lot of people, when they, when they look at how to make money online, they, you know, they look that up. How can I make money online? Quick, easy, uh, passive income. And like, these are all awesome options, but a lot of these do require some kind of thing that you've set up that you've put a lot of work into that, that, you know, will actually make the money for you in the long run. Um, so, you know, passive income, while it is passive, you have actively put a lot of work into before that passive income actually starts coming into place. Sure. Um, YouTube ad revenue being passive, but, years of hard work to get that following and get that ad revenue to come in in the first place obviously has to come first. I just wanted to dispel the fact that like, if you think me and Zach are even close to that level or at that level, we are not. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We still have a long way to go and keep in mind, both me and Zach have been working years and years to try to get to where we're at and we're still not even nowhere near that. So you know, if you think we're at that, we have any qualifications to talk about that as far as now is concerned. Uh, not really. But freelancing, Zach has had a good bit of experience with and I haven't. So I'm kind of interested to see what what Zach has to say about the topic as a whole, because this should be exciting for me to learn. And hopefully it will be for all of you at home. Yeah. All right. So you, you've kind of figured out that you want to make money online. Um, you're a YouTuber. And we'll, we'll, we'll kind of we'll kind of gear this towards YouTube creators because I think that's the best way to, you know, go about it, go about it, considering this is a YouTube related podcast. Um, I think that I think that's the best way. So first off, a lot of people that start looking into freelance opportunities, especially YouTubers, will think, OK, that means I could do freelance editing. Right? Like I could go do editing for other people and get paid. And yeah, that's definitely the case. You can find editing opportunities, but keep in mind that there are definitely more opportunities out there that just aren't editing. And you might actually be able to find more opportunities that aren't just editing if you look hard enough or if you go in the right places. Um, So look at your own individual skills, figure out what you're good at. And it might not just be editing. It might be writing, it might be music, it might be graphic design, it might be a lot of these different things and market yourself towards those things and go to these freelance websites and sign up for them and then you might be able to find some some pretty good gigs through that and there you go. Hmm. So the first step is just getting set up on all these little sites and opportunities and stuff like that. Yeah, I think so. I think the first step is definitely to go the traditional route, um, which is 
which is going on to upwork.com, freelance.com, freelance.org, all these traditional freelancer websites. Um, they are the more successful routes of getting freelance jobs. Um, but I will talk about what I found a lot of success in, which is the more tr- the less traditional route, um, which is literally DMing people on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the the the, um, the other way of going about it. The I other going, other way about going about it. Yeah, that's um, nice. Would you so, recommend real quick? I just wanted to ask. Would you recommend? Uh, if you're going that more traditional route to have something like a portfolio or a website or something like that, where you can point people toward your work or something like that, or would you recommend that for both or what are your thoughts on that? I would, I think in general, you should have some kind of portfolio. Um, so in the sense of, you know, if you want to, if you want to do editing, right, you should probably be editing your own videos. Um, you should be making videos. I think freelancing in general, um, if you want to be a YouTuber, right? If you want to make videos, then that's awesome. But people aren't going to hire you to do their videos if you haven't been making your own videos, right? Right. You kind of have to have that experience. And that is something to to keep in mind. Um, people on the internet have a lot of options as to who they're going to hire for certain jobs. And so if you don't have that portfolio to back yourself up, whether that's a YouTube channel, whether that's, uh, I know behance.net or be, uh, let me see. It might just be behance. Uh, yeah. Behance.net is good for like creative, uh, like logo designers and graphic artists and all that kind of stuff. If you're doing any of that, that's a great portfolio website for them. Um, if you don't have any kind of portfolio of any sense, even Instagram, if you do any kind of graphic art stuff, uh, to back up your work, then it's going to be a lot less likely that people will hire you. That makes sense. Just, that's sort of how you go about it. Um, yeah. In the real world, so it makes sense for it to be the same in online stuff. Yeah. But I, I feel like that probably, in order to probably make a good portfolio, you kind of have to know how to market yourself, and that can be pretty tough to do in general. Uh, luckily, we've already talked about marketing in another episode, Ooh. so... All that stuff is there if you need it. But don't worry if you don't feel like you're the best at marketing yourself or anything like that. At least get something set up, right? At least put some forth of effort into making a little portfolio and things. And there's so many website makers and portfolio makers out there that even if you have no idea what you're doing, it can probably look pretty nice with the right software, you know, and presets and all that sort of stuff. So I think there's, I think there's two things. I think there's two ways to go about freelancing. And there is, Look for people that are looking for for other people. So if you go on Twitter and you want to edit, let's say you want to be a freelance editor, search on Twitter for YouTube editor needed and literally find people that are looking for a YouTube editor and DM them, comment on their tweets. Be like, hey, I'm an editor. I'd love to edit for you, blah, blah, blah. Um, So actively search out for clients or... You can do the marketing approach and have people come to you. Right. So there's there's two different ways. I personally think actively searching for people does the best. Um, but that's a bigger time commitment too. It is a bigger time commitment. I agree. 
but it, it's almost like it's almost like in the dating scene. If you're not dating somebody, you're probably not going to like go out on dates or like if you're not if you're not actively going out on dates, you're probably not going to end up in a relationship. Kind of that kind right. of deal. Right. Um, I get you. So if you're not actively searching for something uh, for, for if you're not actually searching for clients doing what's called business development, um, you're probably not going to get that many clients. But sure. on the other end, if you can make a really good YouTube channel and keep producing really good videos and you have a lot of time that you're able to commit to that and you're not really worried about making a whole lot of money right now and you're in school and you're just using your free time to make YouTube videos and you don't need to make any extra money, then keep doing that and maybe then you can attract new clients that way. I feel right? you. Uh, it really does depend on the situation you're in at the moment. If you are in school and you're working a job and you're doing YouTube on the side, it can be a lot harder to go actively search for people. Uh, whereas if you, you know, maybe have like one job and you have a lot of free time during that job or uh, let's say you're only just doing school or you're you're in high school even, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a lot of free and open time in high school, at least in my experience personally, uh, where you could have a ton of time just to scout people out and do active business and Keep in mind, you don't even necessarily need a laptop to do that. You can do that shit straight off your phone if need be. Mm-hmm. You can be as portable as you want and you can find time. Uh, kind of like what me and Zach said, you can find time to do this if you're actively interested in it, no matter what the scenario. But definitely the approach, I think, matters depending on your setup. Right. I guess one of the things we didn't talk about at the beginning of the episode is why Why would you want to freelance, right? Sure. And... uh I, I would argue that what's so great about it is you end up making once you're good at what you do, once you find the skill that you're that you're marketing, once you find the skill that you're doing for pay, um, you end up getting paid more for your time than you would in any other job. I agree. And so you end up with more free time to either get more clients to make more money or you end up with more free time to make more videos and do your own stuff or to sleep or play video games or whatever you want. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's valuable about it. That's what I find I, valuable about it. And I think it's hard to do that early on, especially if you haven't learned those skills yourself. Right. If it takes right. you f- four hours to edit a YouTube video and it takes you three hours to do a thumbnail, Probably shouldn't be freelancing because trying to do that for somebody else as well as for yourself and you don't know it yet, um, that could be a big, big pain and a big uh, block of time and all that sort of stuff. So, like, keep in mind, if you're a YouTuber, like, it takes a little bit to master your software. It takes a little bit to learn your camera. It takes a little bit to know how to make thumbnails and know how to edit. And those skills are built up over time, right? Um, you have to be sure that you're confident in what you're doing before you can offer that to somebody else and expect real money out of it, right? Like people mm-hmm. are giving you money essentially for your time and service. And if you don't, if you're not great at your service yet, or if you don't have enough time, it can be hard to sort of give back, right? Yeah. Um, and if, if they don't like what you've done, then you just won't get paid. And that's a right. very real thing. So keep keep that in mind. But I would argue if you have the time to commit to a project and the person that you're getting hired for doesn't have super quick 
turnarounds. You don't have to get a video done in 36 hours or anything like that. If you have like a week to finish a project and you feel like you can get it done in a week, but it's going to take you a lot of that week to get that video done and you're still very new to making videos or whatever the, whatever the skill is, whatever the project is, you know, whatever. Um, it's still a very valuable thing. I, w- I would argue to be able to freelance early on because you're going to learn a lot in that process. And so for the next client, the next project, you're still going to be able to get it done a little bit quicker and a little bit quicker and a little bit quicker. Right. So I, I think I've learned more about editing in the last three months when I started freelancing than I have in the last eight years when I started making videos. Freelancing to me always felt like kind of an, uh, an apprenticeship slash intern type of thing mm-hmm. where you're working under someone else. Yes. Uh, but the goal usually is like, not only are you making money in some cases, but the more important thing is that you're able to sort of pick up skills from people who have been doing it for a lot longer than you have. Right. To sort of actively see, uh, other people's process and how they go about it and how they expect things to be, you know, can give you ideas for your own content and your own videos. There's definitely a learning uh, advantage aspect to freelancing that I find super fascinating as a whole. It's yeah. just, I wouldn't do it early on simply because there is money involved and that can get scary if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I think to a certain extent you are right. You do get to see, you do get to see content from people at a very early stage. Um, and it is very interesting to see other people's content at a very early stage, but I, I don't think I learn much about other people's processes through this as you might think you would, um, just because I, I have to put my own process into the content. I have to edit it a hundred percent and I do get some, I do get some kind of groundwork as to, I kind of want it this way. I kind of want it this way. But for the most part, I've got clients that, you know, they're just tired of editing their own videos and they're very new to editing themselves, but they've got a little bit of extra money that they want somebody else to edit it. So they're like, here, you've, you obviously know how to edit. So just do it. And that's it. So I have to come up with new creative ways to make their content, um, still have their style, still have their voice but have a little bit of my style and my voice as well. So it'll stand out to them. So they'll continue hiring me for the next project. That's kind of fascinating to think about actually, especially in the case where you mentioned of like, they don't edit at all. They just have money to offer people to edit, mm-hmm. which granted a lot of us aren't in that scenario, but there definitely are people who are, are there and that's great. And that's wonderful for them. The idea of having to build a channel's personality and vibe through your editor sounds like such a fascinating way to build up a channel, in my opinion, anyway. Because, like, you know, I, I picture channels like me or you or Jay or whatever, where, like, the personality comes from us and how we edit our videos and how we add our visual style to it and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And to build that up from the groundwork for somebody else and trying to make it unique from your own must it's be daunting. really interesting. <laughs> it must be yeah. really interesting. But probably a huge challenge, I'd imagine. And granted, there, there's still going to be a bit of them in there. Just 
simply to the fact that they did record the video, right? Like they Definitely. have the clips and they did the commentary and everything, but a huge part of a video's vibe, a huge part of a channel's vibe comes down to the editing and sort of the energy of the video, right? And hmm. if you have someone else edit your videos the entire time, I wonder what what would happen a lot. Of, would it be better? Would it be worse? Is there conflicts? Like, this is the kind of stuff I'm really fascinated about freelancing that I didn't even consider until you you brought it up just now. Yeah. So this is this is a learning experience for me <laughs> as a whole. This is cool. But now on the other side of things, like I have a bigger client who has been making videos for a while, and you know he's got a very particular style, and he he started editing his videos, and then he hired other editors to work on his stuff. And then he hired me to do some videos and I have to stick with that style and I can't deviate from that style. And so I had to learn that style very early on. And, um, I know the very first video that I did, I actually overdid some editing. Um, and he mentioned that it was a little bit over edited, but he really liked it. But what was super interesting was he uploaded the video and he told me he really liked it. But I looked at the comments a couple days later and there were a lot of people that were like, this editing sucks. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? And th- I mean, there was a lot of people that were like, this editing is, is awful. I was like, that's I, I, crazy. <laughs> it's just like people expect stuff, right? Yeah. People expect a certain type of vibe and a certain editing style from a person's videos. Mm-hmm. And you may think like, what? Do it people just really like, care about that? Yes, very right? much so. Very and it much was so. just like, it was because <laughs> of music being a little bit different. It was just because like, it was a little bit different. It was a little bit over edited or whatever it may have been. But yeah, like it, it, it's, it's very different. And that's something that you have to keep in mind too. If you work with different clients, like each client is different and each video you do do has got to be a little bit different and you gotta, you have to be able to adapt very quickly. It's not like a nine to five deal where you have the same boss every day with the same expectations and the same work ethic and all that sort of stuff. No, you're running into many different people with uh, many different needs, right? Some people mm-hmm. don't need much. Others need a lot, right? right. And you got to sort of value your own time and how much they're paying for you if it's even worth it, right? I'm sure mm-hmm. you've had to decline a couple of offers just because the amount of workflow, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, I would think that'd be sure. a thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's been... There's some people that's messaged me and said, hey, I'd like to, I'd like you to do this particular gameplay video. And I'd be like, all right, cool. And then I'd be like, here's what I offer or here's, here's my price. And they'd be like, God, oh, that's too high. I'd be like, sure. well, I can, I can bring it down to this. And they'd be like, no, nah, that's still high. I can only do it for this. And I'd be like, well, I'm sorry, but I don't have the time to do it for this price. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, for, for various different reasons, even, even a project, even starting a project. Um, I did some logos for, for a guy and it was like, we ended up, having too many conflicted like conversations and not quite understanding exactly what he was wanting from it. And to where I just had to say, well, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to like, like I can't spend any more time on this project. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy to hear. Oh man, man, man. You're just spending all that time in it and not seeing it go anywhere. Yeah. Kind of sucks, right? Like it does. It's not a feeling you get too often because like even when me and Zach's been so long on a video and you know it doesn't come out for a while eventually it will see the light of day the aspect of working on something for someone else putting in all that time all that work and having all this money 
just to see it sit there because it wasn't the right fit or it didn't have the right this or that. Like, man, that, ooh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's insane. But like for those bigger channels, I'd imagine it's sort of like you are having to work with their process and vibe, like I mentioned earlier, at mm. least for the people who have been doing it for a while. Yeah. So it, it just depends on the person. It definitely depends on the person and it depends on the, the vibe of, of their per you know, the person. It depends on how long they've been doing it. Um, I've worked with a lot of smaller people. I've worked with a couple of bigger people um, and it, I, it, it's different every time. Sure. It's definitely different every time. Are there any distinct differences you've noticed between bigger channels and smaller channels? Like when they're asking for freelance stuff or is it just like way um, too different to even pick out? <laughs> I think for for bigger channels, they definitely, they definitely have their style figured out. So it's mm -hmm. a matter of, okay, I just need to go watch like 10 of their videos, figure out their style and copy it. So mm -hmm. it's a lot, it's almost easier um, to, to figure out what, what to do with their videos, especially early on. Um, but for smaller channels, I watch a few videos and it's like, okay, well they, you know, a lot of them, they just don't really know how to edit and stuff. Like I remember talking to one guy and he was like, I, you know, I, I'd love to edit. I just don't really know how to do it a whole lot. I'm still trying to learn, but I, I want to put out more videos. So I'm, you know, I'm cool with hiring you as an editor. Um, and so it came down to me watching a couple of his videos. I realized he's not really doing anything interesting style, you know, style here. He's just kind of clipping pieces together. And so I, I literally had to start from the ground up, come up with some assets, figure out what I was going to do. He had an intro. He had his end card. Um, and then now, now I can get his videos done like super quick. Wow. So it's no problem. But that er, those early couple videos definitely took a little bit of work to to really get into. I guess, would, would you advise for any smaller channels out there looking for freelancers to sort of have an idea of what they want to do in mind before they hire somebody? Um, or do you not mind? You're like, okay, let's just do the work anyway. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't think I mind. I think it depends on where you want to go as a creator because creating comes in a lot of different forms and a lot of people don't realize this, but when we look at the YouTuber, um, it's been skewed over the years. It used to be the YouTuber very early on was somebody that made videos and uploaded to YouTube. And then around the like 2010, 2012 era, it was the YouTuber was the person that made videos, edited them, made them a certain way, uploaded them to YouTube. Now we have so many different types of YouTubers. There's the YouTubers that is the personality. It's the person that is on the screen. That's them. They don't edit the videos. They don't script it. They are the person. That's it, right? That's their creative aspect of the video. Um, and then you've got the YouTuber that edits the video, right? The, the person that is on the screen, but also edits the video itself. So there's a, like a lot of different types of ways to be creative. And I think we forget this. Um, some people think that the fine bros is not necessarily a creative channel because they have some, because they're so corporate. Right. But I'd argue that's a certain way to be creative and whatnot. Some people think that certain channels aren't creative because they have 
some people think PewDiePie isn't as creative as he used to because he has editors to do it for him. But I'd argue he's super creative because he he got somebody else to do the part that he didn't want to do. Right. Right. Um, so if you realize that you can be 10 times more creative on camera than you can in the editing room, then like hire an editor and let the editor do what they want. That's how and I feel could- about it. Some could definitely argue that that's a bad thing, but on the other hand, like you mentioned, playing to your strengths is a very practical and smart strategy to go about things with. And one that we've seen works so many times, especially with YouTubers and other creative people, the more you play to what you're good at, the more that you can end up succeeding. Kind of like Gary Vee says, you sort of go all in on yourself. Go all in on what you do best. And if you don't have something that you're good at, and if you suck at something... You find somebody else to do that job for you. And I know a lot of people will be like, well, hey, I don't have money to find other people to do it. And that's cool. Yeah. And you can still learn and you can still work your way through YouTube like everybody else does. Exactly. Uh, but other people are going to want to try and do it a different way. And that's totally valid, too. Right. Um, some some would even say that's just more practical and it saves more time that way. Others would say you should still learn how to edit and do it the, the pure way. Back in 2007, YouTube where all the work was done by one person, but through success and through money, things have gotten broken up into many different categories. And not all of them are bad. Not all of them are bad. Agreed. I mean, and and I think it can go a different way. You know, some people think that they're so good at editing. They think that that's the creative part that they're great at, but it's just their ego. When, if they took a step back and got somebody that was really good at editing to do their videos for them, that their videos would perform even better because the thing that they're really good about is their on-screen presence or the way they present the material or whatever it may be, right? So sure. it's, I mean, it goes, I think some, it goes hand in hand. I think sometimes we're definitely involved in our own work and our own process to the point where it feels small out there on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But we got to keep in mind there's like millions and billions of channels and all these different videos being uploaded every second. And when you look at the math, like obviously a lot of those people probably haven't done YouTube before and are just filming something off their phone. But many of them are professionals who've been working on editing before YouTube even started for like commercials, film and music videos. And here they are editing this YouTube video with all these different uh, skill sets and cuts and all this work. Like we feel like we're the most creative person we know, but that's certainly not the case. A lot of the time, Um, there's a lot of people out there who we could all learn from on occasion. Exactly. Uh, just YouTube can feel very enclosed sometimes and we don't view it that way. I, I completely agree. Um, I even remember like very early on in my like YouTuber experience. Um, I mentioned or I mentioned in this podcast, I created a show called Nintendo the History and I like got somebody to do the editing for me very, like very early on. And I was like so happy about like how it turned out because I was not good at editing because I didn't really try. And I like, I liked it, but because I thought that I wanted to just be like the on-screen person that did the thing. But mm-hmm. now looking back, like I, I feel like my editing is even better than what that first, you know, those first couple of videos that that dude did uh, for him. And even though that was good editing, like, you know, just moving forward, it's, it's pretty cool that, I've found that I can, I can edit now. And so you, you never know. I think that, I think that there is definitely value in 
learning how to edit when you're making videos and learning how to, you know, do every aspect of video making early on. But yeah, if you can hire somebody, then it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool too. Yeah, for sure. It works. That works either way. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, I still want to hire people to do certain types of editing that I don't want to have to spend time on in the future. But obviously right now I'm the person that gets at needs gets the money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's how it be. Yeah. But let's, uh, so let's say that you, so you want to get paid as, I guess since we're on this video editor train, we'll continue talking about that. And then we can talk about other types of freelancing opportunities you might be able to get. Um, but I think the, the way that I did find the most, most success was going on Twitter. I looked up YouTuber editor, you know, YouTube editor needed. Um, I, I literally just searched that up on Twitter and messaged like probably about 50 or so people within the span of a couple months. Um, got a lot of, got a lot of like no responses. So keep that in mind. Um, you're just going to get a lot of no responses back and that's fine. Um, but I did get a couple people responding and I got my first editing gig back right at the, I think it was the middle of April or towards mm-hmm. the end of April. Um, and then once I got that, I worked on trying to continue finding something that would be more permanent because I wanted to make sure that I would still like, I wanted to make sure I had enough income coming in so that I didn't have to like work any kind of part-time job um, after I finished up college stuff. That was my goal. And so I kept on looking around and I ended up finding a couple of other opportunities and surprisingly enough, finding one opportunity and mentioning that in a Facebook group that I was in, got me another opportunity that's been doing really well. And so a lot of these things can stack. Um, a lot of these things have to do with where you're at at the right time. Networking is really good. Networking works really well. So just knowing people. Yeah. I imagine that'd be super helpful. (laughs) Being a part of a discords and YouTube groups too is invaluable experience. Um, Mm -hmm. At least, like, if nobody there will pay you for it, I'm sure they know somebody who would, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can go from one person to another and sort of find where your services would best fit. Mm-hmm. But I should point out that I've been kind of freelancing uh, a lot more than just lately. Um, I, I started freelancing back in high school, actually. Um, I was doing graphic design work for this guy on Facebook at one point he owned a he owned a local club and so I did like some stupid posters for him and I did <laughs> he he also was like a like a a rapper and so I did like a, a an album cover for him um I got paid to do that um and that was just cuz I knew him like through some mutual friends and he was, he posted something and saying he was looking for somebody to do some artwork and somebody had tagged me in the post and I commented, um, as a musician, I was able to get, I was able to do some freelance lessons in, in high school and college. Uh, that's been very valuable. 
So there's what, a lot of different ways that you can. Oh, go ahead. What you, what exactly would they teach in a freelance class? I wonder. Like you would think a lot of that would just be hands on stuff. A freelance class. Uh, you were talking about a freelance learning opportunity through like high school and college or whatever. Did I mishear that? I might have misheard that. No, I said that I I gave like uh so I gave music lessons. Oh, yeah. that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah, my okay. bad. Okay. Just the yeah. way you worded it, it might have got <laughs> a it freelance wrong. class. That would be interesting. I don't know what you right. Would, like uh, you wouldn't feel like those two would go together, right? So I was worried. Yeah. I was like, oh, that would be interesting. No, I don't think. What that kind of scam is this? <laughs> <laughs> really do be like that. So um, yes, hmm. Outside of the video editing uh, atmosphere, I've also been doing a lot of copywriting or uh, writing writing articles. Um, which which basically means I, I take other people's videos and I turn them into articles for them. Um, and that does pretty well. There's a website called Text Broker. Um, it's not that lucrative. It's it's I, I haven't done a whole lot on this particular website just because I don't have a whole lot of time to make that a priority. But you can make like if, if you spend a lot of time on it, you can maybe make like another extra fifty dollars a week on it, which isn't too bad. Um, I'm sure if you really like pushed at it and made that like your job, you could probably do pretty well with it. Um, but you know, extra money is extra money. If you're looking for it, there it is. Um, you can take them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you it, just like go on Reddit, go on Facebook, look for people that are looking for other people. And I think that's the best way to, to find freelance opportunities. Right. But it, it can take a lot of work and you get a lot of no's like Zach said. Not every opportunity where people say yes is going to turn into actual money and profit and it may not be exactly what you're looking for. But eventually, the little bit of persistence, the little bit of luck in finding the right people, you can uh, get to where you need to be. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. you got to put in that effort, right? You got to sort of improve your craft along the way. Get things like a portfolio, know the right people. Continue to work on your own stuff at the same time and all this other stuff and it'll be kind of a tough balance. But it's exactly. well worth it in the end. Just so you can continue to do your own creative stuff without having to do something like a traditional job in which you might not be great at or might not enjoy doing, right? Yeah. Um, so the trade-off is so much better. As hard as freelancing can be, I'm sure it's a lot better than working a 9-to-5 at somewhere you don't like being. You know? Agreed. So... This is yeah. a little bit of work, but not, <laughs> not nearly as much as some other jobs. Who knows? Depends. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely depends on the week. It depends on the amount of work I have at any given point. I mean, uh, some weeks I don't really have a whole lot of work, so I'm spending most of my time on my own content. Um, other weeks I have an enormous amount of work, so I'm not really sleeping, you know? And so there there's a lot of balance. Um but I think it is definitely rewarding. It was when I, when I kind of low key dropped out of college and <laughs> uh, decided that I was going to move into an, move into a house with my best friend and kind of figure out things. Uh, the goal was to be able to sustain myself financially through freelancing and my own YouTube stuff. And when I knew that my own YouTube stuff was going to take a while, um, I, I knew that I had to go kind of hardcore on the freelancing opportunities 
And I'm still not 100% done on that. I do want to find more clients. I do want to, you know, just to have that kind of security. Um, Because if one client goes tomorrow, then I need to make sure that I'm still able to support myself, right? Right. But it was either that or I work in a factory. (laughs) And I was like... And here we are. (laughs) Let's not do that. (laughs) Here we are. I work at Walmart or, you know, whatever. But yeah, exactly. Here we are. And I think it's... Definitely been worthwhile. 100%. Uh, I guess I should mention that aside from you, um, the only people I know who freelance a lot is sort of in that PokeTuber community that I've talked about several yeah, times. Yeah, for sure. On this podcast, almost all of them, and I mean that, almost all of them in one form or another offer some form of freelancing. Um, typically, the most common you'll see is in graphics. Um, so interesting to me. They do a lot of their own graphics work and hire other people to do that. And then, obviously, the next thing under that would be, like, Let's Play editing. Because a lot of PokeTubers, you know, you're going to do a lot of Nuzlocks, a lot of Let's Plays. Mm -hmm. Having somebody to edit them for you can be especially helpful. And then, like, the full-on rebrands as well for rebranding your whole channel and Twitch stuff. The guy I got to do my rebrand, Dusk, mainly did stuff for other PokeTubers, right? And that community, man... They have their issues sometimes, and they can create a lot of work that looks similar on occasion, but Mm -hmm. they are tight. They work together really well. They're really good at networking, and um, I see more and more people from that community uh, start freelancing once their channel gets up. In fact, one of them, uh, PC Bloodmaster, I guess I'll go ahead and shout out him, just recently uh, launched his little freelance thing and his prices and all that sort of stuff, so... Hope things go well for him. Uh, Ramson. Cool. Ramson does a lot of freelancing stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, people have asked him for work, and that's probably how he learned to edit so well. <laughs> yeah, that it'll, it'll, it'll teach you really quickly. because It'll teach you some things. When you got money on the line and you got a video due in like five hours and you haven't started, you got to get started. <laughs> sure. Gotta hurry up. Um, you learn a lot of new techniques and stuff through that. It's, uh, it's very beneficial. I, I wanted like. to ask you in particular, um, mm-hmm. how do you go about pricing your own stuff? Because I know for a lot of people that can be pretty difficult, at least when you're starting out. Pricing is difficult in general. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think it depends. I, I think it definitely depends. Some people will say, have a price sheet, keep it, um, stick to it from the very beginning. And I do think there's some merit in that. The problem is, is that... I think it I think it depends on who you want to work with. Um, I think it depends on how good you are at what you do and and then you go from there. So if you know that like like if you went to school for video editing and like you're a you're a fucking pro at everything that you do, then obviously charge the premium price. You don't deviate from that and you work with only the clients you ever want to work with. And you might be able to actually like do really well with that, but you have more leverage that way. Too. Exactly. Right. And that's right. what matters here. I think if you're just getting started out, maybe you're an intermediate level editor. That's which I think I am. I think I'm in that area of intermediate level. Um, I don't think I'm a pro. I think there's still a lot that I can learn. Um, I, I feel like that I can charge decent prices, but if the client is, you know, just getting started out with their YouTube channel or 
if I know who they are and I want to work with them. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to lose out on the potentiality of having that client just because they're not able to pay. Right. Um, I do think that kindness goes a long way. I do think that, that that is important, but also I like to look at how long is this client wanting to have me, uh, how, how long is this client willing to hire me? Because if this is a one and done deal, then I'm willing to charge. Um, I'm willing to charge a little bit higher for this one and done deal video if it's going to take me a little bit more time to finish it. But if this is like the first of many videos, then I'm willing to give this person a discount because I know that this is going to be a recurring revenue source. Right. If that makes sense. You want to kind of you want to kind of hook them in, keep exactly. them for longer if you exactly. can. Exactly. Uh, I think one thing to also keep in mind too, aside from the leverage point, like obviously depending on your skill level, you have more leverage than others so you can charge more. The other thing to keep in mind too is because you are freelancing, you are in a sense kind of competing with everybody else who freelances. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. And in some cases that can be good and others that can be bad. I've heard a little bit of a horror story in the fact that people will be like, you give them a price, right? And it's what you do and everything. And they'll come back to you and be like, yeah, but I got another one on board who who does like one for like practically free or whatever, right? So they'll kind of pit other freelancers against you mm-hmm. a lot of that time. And sometimes they're valid and sometimes they're right. And sometimes you really uh, do have to take that into consideration. And other times you have to stick to your guns and be like, no, this is the price that I'm charging. If you want to hire that other person, go ahead. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, right? Uh, but keep in mind, you are not the only freelancer in the pond. And from what I've heard from a couple of articles, freelancing is only going to get bigger and bigger as the years go by. Oh, for Somewhere, sure. I've heard projections of upward of like 50% of all people will be freelancing in some form or fashion. Just with things like Uber and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And uh, especially on the internet with YouTube getting as big as it is, this is definitely a growing field. And so you'll have to keep in mind that it is kind of... There's a lot of other people out there doing the same thing you're doing. So as far as, as far as the person haggling you, cause that's basically what that is. They're haggling yeah. you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably just not, I would probably stop trying to convince them to work with me at that point. I don't think that's worth it. Um, Cut I'd your losses. Like, I would, because I, I would say, well, this is the price that I have. Um, and that's, that's, that's what I'm going with because at that point, um, some people will lie about that kind of stuff. Some people can lie about that stuff. They can, they can pretend like they have a freelancer that's lined up. That's going to offer them cheaper, you know, prices. And that's just not somebody I'm willing to work with. Right. Sure. Um, if they, if they really, if they're able to find somebody cheaper, then that's great. That's awesome for them. But I, I'm pretty confident enough in my skills to where I believe that I'm worth exactly how much I can work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I feel like I can do better than, than what they're offering. And if, especially if they're offering less, you know, less pay than what I'm offering. Right. Right. I feel like. And that's the thing. I think it comes down to honestly, the intention, right? Some people Mm -hmm. will do that strictly for the intention of saving a couple of bucks and being dishonest and getting their work done for cheaper. Others will legitimately say, hey, I've already had three other people offer me 
right? Like, what else can you add to the table? And right. sometimes it's not even a matter of, like, lowering your price. Sometimes it's a matter of, can you send me a test footage? What else have you worked on before? Right, right? that's like, fair. Right. Not everybody's a scumbag, but there are a lot of scumbags, and it's important that we bring it up in this episode so people don't get duped <laughs> For <it>. sure. That's <laughs> that's being competitive, and part of freelancing is, is very competitive. Um, right. I know that... A couple of the positions that I, the, the two or two bigger positions that I got early on, um, I made sure that I got them footage very early on. I did a test video for one of them very, or I, I did test videos for two of them very early on. I made sure that I got it to them like in fucking like 12 hours or something like that. It was insanely ridiculous how quickly I got it done for them. Um, and and that's that's the kind of stuff that I'll do. Like I'll I'll make sure that they get what they paid for. But if you're gonna come at me and say, Hey, I've got somebody else that can do it cheaper, well how much how much cheaper are you willing to go? It's at that point I just don't feel like you're worth my time. I, I, I just don't feel like you're worth my time anymore. <laughs> sure. You know? Sure. It, it it's important to keep in mind that like, you know, a lot of these guys, they are, um, they're clients, right? They're mm-hmm. not necessarily your boss. And you got to keep in mind that like, it's a 50, 50, like stake in this relationship. Like, obviously you're the person getting the work done, but they're the person paying you. Right. And you can't be put into a scenario where like they have all the control over it. And you can't be in a scenario where you're, you know, screwing people out of good work. Right. Like you have to do your part too. Um, right. There's a lot of shitty freelancers out there that will, you know, charge way too high and not give back what they promised or take too long or come up with excuses or do all this other stuff. Agreed. That's a shitty scenario to be in as well, right? Like, oftentimes it's not even the client who's the asshole, it's the freelancer. That is So you gotta be sure you're doing your part as well. Um, There's a lot of excuses out in the world of freelancing that I stumble upon from Twitter and it's a bit of a shame. It's, uh, it's amazing. (laughs) It's very amazing from both ends. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy, but a bit comfortable too, because like when you come from the world of just YouTube excuses and you move into freelance excuses, they're like, ah, my second home. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've met these people before in real life and and here Uh I am witnessing it again uh, nothing nothing ever changes <laughs> it's yep. wonderful war, war never changes right <laughs> excuses never die <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. no matter where you're at so um do you have any other questions because i know you are interested in getting in more freelancing stuff when you have the the time and stuff to do so uh and i know that could probably help the audience as well sure um what are your what are your thoughts on like deadlines in particular? Like how do you how do you go about them usually? Especially if you're busy and you're working on something else for another client. Right. Um I usually so I try to get everything done in the time that they give me. Um as as I usually try to make sure that they give me a deadline as soon as they give it to me. Um most clients will have a deadline set, but not all of them will. It just depends. Uh, so priority, basically, you know, oh, okay. if that, that's, that's what it comes down to. If, if a client gave me a video three days ago and 
it's due tomorrow, then that's the priority. Um, that's priority over a video that a client gave me today and they're like, I need this done today, right? Uh, mm -hmm. It just, it, it really just does depend. And it's it's got a lot to do with time management and scheduling and all of that. But usually I don't find too many issues with this because all of my clients are so wildly different as to when they give me work and how they give me work. You picked a nice variety of people then, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is that all that works together true. for your own time. <laughs> yeah. Um it, it it tends to work out fairly well. This week particularly was a little bit of a mess because I had I had one video that I that came in that I wasn't prepared to work on. Um because I had I had said that I would work on it two months ago and then didn't get it until like a couple weeks ago. And so, yeah, so that was interesting. This is a new client. Yeah. So that was, that was very interesting. Um, so that ended up being a very, very busy, um, week. And I, had I guess. To, the, oh, go ahead. No, I, I just had to like balance that with everything else, but. Okay. I guess the uh, other question I wanted to ask is I have a feeling that like after this episode, there are going to be more and more people who want to get into freelancing. Mm -hmm. Are there any particular pitfalls that we haven't mentioned yet or have mentioned that you just want to point out and let other people know before you get into it? Um, if you're new anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I would, before working with a client, I would try to see what their, what their repertoire is. Like, you know, as they're looking at your portfolio, see what their portfolio looks at, you know, make sure it's somebody you want to work with. Make sure it's not, make sure it's a certain kind of project that you want to work on. Um, I recently got into doing a project that I didn't particularly care to do. Uh, I'm not going to go into the specifics cause I don't want to out any, any clients or anything like that. Cause I don't know who That's listens smart. to the podcast. But there was there was a project that I really didn't want to do, and it took up it took up this entire week, and um, I I hope I never have to do anything like it again. So keep that in mind. That is very important. Um, stick to your guns about you know just about anything, right? Always be always be consistent. Make sure that you, you do stick to any deadlines that you set for yourself. Make sure you stick to any deadlines that your clients stick, stick to. And if there are any problems, if you have any problems whatsoever about getting a video to the client, communication is key. Um, like I, I've had a migraine and I've had to like let a client know, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to get this video to you tonight, but I'll have it to you first thing in the morning or, you know, things like that. Communication is super important. Um, and I guess, I guess last thing is while you won't, while this is definitely nice because you're not going to, because once you have enough clients, you won't have to work like a nine to five, uh, keep in mind that your hours might be a little bit different and it might be on certain days you might be working more than a nine to five. Um, so keep that in mind. It, it's not great all the time, but for the most part, it's. As long as you like doing what you're doing, then you, you should enjoy it for the most part. And you would recommend it to most people to at least to start out making money while you're doing YouTube, correct? Definitely. I, I would definitely okay. do that. Yeah. Especially if you can, because my goal is this week is my last week working at my college. 
Um, so I'm super excited for the upcoming Monday because it'll be the first time in my life where my schedule is 100% mine. And that's insane. It sounds really um, cool. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I'll have no other commitments except client commitments and my own. Um, so I'll, I can actually set a schedule and adhere to it in any any shape and form that I that I want to. So that'll be cool. Dope. That's yeah. about it, though, as far as my own particular questions. I want to ask the audience now because I know some of you guys are into freelancing and will probably comment on this video. Did we miss anything? Or is there anything that you wanted to point out or wanted to uh, touch on even more? Be sure to answer down in the comments below. Let us know your thoughts on freelancing if you've never done it before. And if you have, let us know if we missed anything or wanted to add anything else to the conversation. We would love to read those comments as a whole. But I think you did a pretty good job covering it. So yeah, uh, fun episode. Fun episode for me, too. Yeah, definitely. Just figure out all this stuff. Definitely. Maybe we'll do another episode in the future about the opposite, um, which is like, like how to hire somebody or something like that. Because sure. that could be interesting um, once we once we start hiring people for for stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when sure we get we'll, to it. Yeah, once we once we get to that that part of YouTube life. Um, but yeah, it's fine. I like it. Sweet, dope. You ready to get in those comments? Let's freaking do it, my guy. You didn't say get it. I was ready for it. it. Get it. <laughs> I was looking for let's freaking escape it. All right. So we got we got a few comments here. We got three from Gengar guy. He's taking on the patient approach to commenting, I see. <laughs> so I will finish reading that first Gengar guy comment that I read earlier, and then I'll let you okay. pick up the next one. So he says, Zach full on nuts. Every time he says my week on YouTube, it's sad to see questions on the couch eat away, but I'm sure saying goodbye to it will improve other videos. Also, the new series thing is exciting, Zach. Pretty epic. I I'm agree. He, I'm glad he likes it. Thanks for the comment, my boyo. Yep. Uh, I'll go ahead and read the other Gengar comment. Um, he says, I completely agree. Collabs are fun from an entertainment perspective if the people who are collabing actually know each other and have done for a long time instead of finding each other on like a mutual server and instantly DMing somebody to do a collab. <laughs> However, <laughs> collabing for growth just doesn't work. A good old honest shout out is fine to be H. And if people who are doing the vids together don't know each other too well, the humor and the content just becomes awkward, lame, and almost desperate. Doing for fun is definitely the way to go. P.S. Hey, I see the numbers. Want to do a collab? Lamau <laughs> XDDDDD. And then he points an arrow to that saying, I hate people like that. And um, can't lie, I've seen that comment before from uh, other people. So <laughs> he's right. That's, yeah. that's a very common and uh, not right way to do things at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we hit the nail on the head last episode when when we said that just collabs like that are not fun. They're not fun right. to do. They're not fun to watch. They don't end up well. <sighs> you have to be friends. You have to be friends. I recently watched uh, a couple year old collab between PewDiePie, Markiplier, and Jacksepticeye, and um, it, it's very funny because of how like big all three of those are in the like the gaming atmosphere on YouTube. 
but they're all obviously such big friends as well. And so it ends up being really good content. That's dope. So, I'm glad. Yeah. Especially because something like that could end up being so corporate and so by the numbers. It's cool to right. see that, like, they took all three of them together and just did something fun with yeah. it. That's really appreciative. And hey, for everybody else out there, don't go up to random people's channels and ask, yo, I see the members want to collab Lamau. There's better ways to go about it. Ways that we talked about in that collab episode. Just don't freaking do it. Yeah. At all. I mean, you can go to my channel and say, hey, I saw, I see those numbers because those numbers aren't good. <laughs> I, see, I see that's a compliment. I'm like, hey, that's, that's kind of funny. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's fair. Not Zach, will collab, but, you know. Zach will take that comment and turn it into a joke on the channel. So. <laughs> it, happens. <Hell> yeah. <laughs> it happens. All right. But thank you for comment <clears throat> number two, Gengar. Yeah, boy. You ready for that patient comment? Or should we go and get the other Gengar comment out of the way? Do the other Gengar one. All right. Sorry for leaving like three different comments every episode. I'm a cunt and I like to leave comments. I, li- I like to comment while watching stuff. H. All about <laughs> the H's. You can never get enough H. 2B. TBH. Hottest. B2H. Honest. 2BH. Honest. H. Weak. He face. I have a feeling I had a stroke here. <laughs> You're close. But then he says, I'm sorry, Lel, Esket it. And uh, now I'm, I'm, it's forgiven. All is forgiven. This episode had an especially amount of awesome segues, metaphors, examples, and stuff. Great episode and stuff. As always, my real ones, Despacito. (laughs) Then he has in parentheses, featuring Daddy Yankee. I love this dude. (laughs) I got one main suggestion, I guess. Bulk recording versus live. Basically recording the next after the previous has been uploaded recordings. I don't know if this has already been done because I'm not a real one and instead an average new listener, I guess. That's an interesting topic. We could probably do something with that. Something similar to it, definitely. Um, If I had to recommend an episode for you, Gengar, that covers a little bit of that, uh, check out the Let's Playing 101 episode because we talk a little bit about commentary in it. I don't know if that particular point is brought up, but we do talk a lot about commentary there. We might could do an episode about our process on making videos. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun one. That could be a good one. Yeah. Um, That would also probably cover the suggestion from Jay about editing. Yeah. So that could be, that could be interesting. Anyways, this question of the day is number one. uh, I asked if you guys would watch me on Facebook gaming live. He said, I mean, I guess just because you're an epic gamer, but I'd have to make Facebook and stuff. And that's pretty unepic. (laughs) And uh, that's fair. And uh, number two, I asked what kind of collabs you guys watch or do you watch them at all? And he said, I have a small circle of YouTubers, mainly friends who I watch most. And if they do a collab, I will most likely watch it. Otherwise, not really, unless I'm very bored. But then in that case, I can just watch previous installments of this epic collab and stuff, I guess. There you go. I mean, this is technically a collab. Yeah, more of a collab channel, really. So, I mean, that's that's definitely a thing that was brought up. Thank you for all three comments, Gengar Seriously, yeah. all of them were uh, pretty good. Mimi, funny, and uh, occasionally throwing in the, the good points in there to make them worthwhile to read. <laughs> it's almost like uh, an episode of another YouTube podcast. In, in a word, yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's very valid. But now <laughs> we move on to the final comment of the day. The patient comment. She says, this new review show sounds really cool. Definitely looking forward to seeing that. My favorite thing about Collapse is definitely that possibility I'll discover someone whose content I'll really end up enjoying. 
The two examples I can think of being, oh God, I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, Kaylee Elise. Kaylee Elise, a true crime YouTuber, and Valerie Brand, more of a vlogging YouTuber. I found both of these two through collabs done on channels I was already subbed to. It's the possibility of finding new channels I enjoy that keeps me interested in collabs. If the two personalities or styles blend well, I'm more likely to check out their channel. Even if the video is really high quality, if the personalities or styles don't work well together, I'm probably not going to check them out. You know, I was thinking back to our Smash Brothers collab, actually. Mm -hmm. And that took literally like a couple of months or so. Yeah. That by the time that video came out, our audiences were already kind of intermingled. They were. Yeah. <laughs> like we didn't even really need the collab to introduce each other because we were already in each other's discords and both audiences were in both places. <laughs> well, we should, I mean, you should point out, or you, you're kind of pointing out the fact that like a lot of your audience watches my stuff. A lot of my audience watches our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, why I, the game works super well. Yeah. So yeah. And this podcast even. Yeah. To, to a certain extent. Uh, it's all just a blended community of people that just sort of come from one area to another based on it's, their interests. And that's really cool. Pretty great. I love it. Anyway, she continues. Uh, that Avengers metaphor was fire, by the way. Hell yeah. Also, it was a really good metaphor, though. Like, real talk. It's pretty aesthetic. Hella tight. <laughs> also, I suggest a video explaining group YouTube channels like Lions Honor Gaming. Also, to clarify my last comment, when someone uploads parts of a Twitch stream to YouTube in a non-transformative way, you can't claim it because YouTube will count that content as original if you haven't posted the stream. I don't know how uploading works on Twitch. My original comment sounded like I meant if you uploaded someone else's Twitch stream to Twitch. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. makes That makes a little bit more sense. I, we might have worded it the wrong way last time. I don't remember. <laughs> We go like week to week on these things. Anyway, her, her answers to the two questions of the day. Question of the day one, I want to use Facebook to watch streams because that involves using Facebook. That's the best answer to this question. I'm I mean, that's accurate. Gengar tried, but that was that was a pretty good answer. And then uh, question of the day two, I generally watch collabs when they come out, which isn't really that often. Sometimes I rewatch old collabs because they're just entertaining. But I don't watch many simply because I just don't see too many. And that kind of goes fair. to what we were saying last episode, too, about, like, they've kind of become less popular over the years and are more just, like, mm -hmm. fun little video projects in and of themselves. So. Which I think is best. I think it's better that way, too, actually. Yeah. I agree. Um, really do be like that. Yeah. For sure. I did want to bring up something of patience, and this isn't really on topic of the podcast, but I think I, I would love to hear your your reaction to this right quick. Um. So I, I think I just think it'd be funny to hear what she has to say about this in the comments. So I go to okay. Twitter yesterday, or I think it's might have been. Yeah, this is yesterday. And I'm following Patient on Twitter, and she makes this offhanded comment, and I was pretty uh pretty wowed by it. Oh boy. Yeah. I don't know if I you, think I know what it is. You may have already I, seen it. Let me see if I, I think can I know what it find is. it. Hold on, I might have to go to my notifications. But, all right, here we go. Oh, boy. She says, cheese strings are the food of Satan. Whoa. And I'm like, what? Whoa. I'm like, what? That doesn't even make any sense. So I, so I retweet it. And I'm like, literally, what kind of shit are you on? I'm sorry to at you, but what? 
and just get into this this form of not using correct punctuation at all, <laughs> not using capitalization. And and I retweet, I, I retweet, quote retweeter. And she's like, why do people like that garbage? Like, they're literally cheese in stick form that's easy for consumption in a snack-ass format. What? What the fuck? And there's this entire thread. It's a winner. It's a winner. It's pretty great. I like it. Um, But yeah, I just thought that she should be added in public for that. <laughs> Cheese strings are good, dude. What are you it's talking about? It's a pretty about? objectively wrong opinion. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Cheese strings are a sketch wholeheartedly. I agree. So that's why I thank you the podcast with. For your comment, patient. Thank you for all y'all's comments. Question of the day, like I mentioned uh, early on, if you are new to freelancing and haven't done it before, what are your thoughts on it? And if you are into freelancing, did we miss anything? Is there anything else we should point out? Let us know down in the comments below. We will read all these comments on the YouTube channel as well. If you're not listening to this on YouTube, just be sure to email Zach at uh, ZachSnyderProductions.gmail.com and he will read your comments uh, on air whenever we get them. Yes, so, sir, boy. Shout out to all of them. Thank you for all the comments. Also, be sure to continue suggesting topics. Uh, yes. You're free to do that every episode, in fact. I'm just going to say it here to remind you all. <laughs> every keep, episode. Just keep suggesting shit. Um, we'll, we'll take, we're taking all these into consideration, we promise. <laughs> because if, if you don't, then you're going to get an extra 30 minutes to an hour of the podcast where me and Aiden just kind of sit here discussing what topics we should talk about. And by sure. discussing, I mean, it'll be like 30 minutes fucking to an around. hour of fucking around and <laughs> silence because we're thinking and trying to figure out topics. Agreed. Um, last but not least, you can also go to anchor.fm slash another dash YouTube dash podcast if you want to support the podcast. Um, shout out again to Aaron from For the Love of Tech on YouTube for selecting the $5 a month tier. Um you can support us there for a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars a month, and that helps support the podcast. Get you get your episodes coming every single week. Um, we still plan on keeping it around for a very long time, but that obviously, I mean, as we talked about money here, that, that helps us a lot. Real talk. Did you get any emails, by the way? Okay, so we got any. I haven't gotten any emails yet. Okay, just so, making sure. I said it right, right? I didn't say the wrong Yes, that's thing. it. Zack Snyder Productions at gmail.com. Zach with an okay. H. That, that might the help. real boys. Actually. Yeah. So, that's, that's, that shit's, that's where we're at. All that shit's linked. If you want to listen to the podcast on 80 other different billion podcast platforms, you can do that. They're all in the description below yep. of every video. Go check them out and all that sort of stuff, but... Yeah, a bit of a shorter episode today, actually. It's, it's nice. A, it's refreshing. Not a longer one, which is good because I have a ton of other shit to get to. So <laughs> it worked out I pretty well. I feel that. <laughs> I got to do some more freelancing today. Yay. Yay. Actually, actually, I think I'm called up. So I might actually get to like fuck around a little bit today. And by that, I mean do some of my own YouTube stuff. And so, then movie night. <laughs> movie night, which is, yeah. yeah. I need to watch Infinity War again for the... Six time. That's a real so, one right there. That'd be fine. So I've been Zach. And I've been Aiden. And I want to thank you for, we want to thank you for 
listening to this episode of another YouTube podcast. Lamau Yenas. Bye.